Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EV Undisturbed podcast. My name is Nijdet Zatryan, and my guest today was Mikhail Khachatryan, the co-founder and CEO of Wirestock. We spoke about how Wirestock has evolved as a tool for stock creators to a generative AI platform for artists. We spoke about what image generation using AI looks like today, how video generation is emerging, and what it will look like in the near future. Thank you for listening. Mikhail, thank you so much for coming back. You're now the third person to have a second episode on wow, AVN Disrupt. That's an honor. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having me. The last time we spoke was, I think, March. I think we recorded in March of 2022 and published in April. So it's been almost two years. Tell us what Wirestock has been up to in the meantime. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's my favorite podcast show. And I'm always <laughs> uh, excited to be talking to you uh, about AI and other things. So, but... Um, to begin um, the story, I guess I'll just briefly, maybe for listeners who don't know uh, what Wirestock is and how we started. So we started as a platform to help photographers sell or license their photos uh, and then later videos on the largest stock photo uh, marketplaces through a single account at a single website called Wirestock.io. We then uh, very soon introduced automatic um, keywording and captioning, um, capabilities. So photographers don't have to do any boring, uh, non-creative work. Uh, and that made us really popular. Um, those two pieces, um, combined together made Wirestug like a no brainer for photographers. So we, we just basically grew and scaled that for, for two or three years. And, um, I guess last time we talked was spring 2022. It was, we were still in that scaling process i think at the time we had a hundred thousand or some something close to that maybe more um contributors or content creators on the platform and working with a dozen uh different marketplaces so we were doing that and growing that and then we kind of fast forward to end of 2022 is basically what happened was uh gen ai models and tools became uh, more kind of uh, mainstream and more popular people, including our users, our creators started using Gen AI tools. Uh, and so we started getting, um, lots of AI content, um, created by, you know, with tools like mid journey stability and others, um, get, you know, started seeing, uh, lots of AI images get uploaded on our site by both, um, our existing creators and by a new sort of emerging, um, sort of segment of, of, uh, of creators, creators, artists, uh, who were starting to use these tools and explore, and they were looking for a way to, um, showcase and monetize their content hmm. and Wirestock was that platform for them. We, be we very quickly became, um, the destination, uh, platform for uh, this type of content and, um, cause something interesting about that is more than 90% of content creators who use all sorts of gen AI tools, never share or monetize their content anywhere on the internet. So basically all that amazing stuff that's getting increasingly better and more interesting, um, essentially gets buried in those tools and, 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 uh, platforms and never gets shared in a place where it first could be licensed or purchased or second could just be seen by others mm -hmm. and maybe shared and discovered like unknowingly, uh, just and unplanned completely. We became that platform, mm. 
um, and so we just started seeing so much. Uh, and at first it wasn't that, it was still impressive from the technological standpoint, like how, where AI was already at that uh, time and how quickly it was getting better. But it was in the beginning, it wasn't so interesting from the commercial standpoint. We weren't seeing a lot of commercial value in those images. And so we're very quickly, like by, I think around like March, April, um, and May, I think it was, it was another version Last of year. mid journey, uh, that came out, you know, we started seeing content that was very clearly, mm -hmm. very clearly gonna, you know, have commercial, uh, you know, have, have interest among buyers and, and uh, companies who were, uh, purchasing a lot of content for marketing or whatever other purposes. Yeah. So that's, that's when we, we realized that we were gonna now work with a whole different type of, um, content, uh, medium and different type of creators. So we started adjusting, uh, the wire stock, uh, the product, the service, our internal operations, our marketing efforts and, uh, and communication to now this new emerging group of artists and also the, the sort of seeing us as part of the entire creative sort of, uh, supply chain mm -hmm. slash workflow, um, that was being shaped and st is still being shaped as we speak. Um, so that kind of what, uh, happened sort of like early 2023. Uh, and then we launched a Discord bot very quickly that allowed uploading or like sending Discord, uh, sorry, mid-journey images or other um, Discord native sort of uh, Discord shared um, content directly to Wirestock for selling or, you know, we also do creative challenges to participate in creative challenges or sell them. And then, um, and then we did that. And then we were like, uh, well, all these people are already sharing their content on Wirestock. Why not offer them a way to create content on Wirestock without leaving the platform and maybe co-create mm -hmm. at some point as well. So then we partnered with Stability. I think this was in July or August. So we launched uh, our, own, our own AI generator um uses stable diffusion using st stable sdxl that allowed basically um generating images on wirestock prompts or mm -hmm. reimagining existing content through ai so you could upload your photo and ask it to be reimagined in like anime style mm -hmm. or you know other so so some other use cases that were uh, more sort of uh, suitable or could fit more with within the wirestock's context you know, content distribution, etc. We did so, and then we kept on building that. Um, now we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of uh, images generated on Wirestock every month. And then we, what well, we added on top of that recently in December, which I'm really, really excited uh, to talk about, is uh, we uh, uh, launched, uh, we released a feature that allows artists to create their own mini generators. Hmm. Right. What does that mean? So like you could say, say you're a photographer or say you're an AI artist. So you create certain images that share like a common aesthetic hmm. or uh, like a touch and feel or an environment or are focused on a specific object or a character. 
um, you could upload them on Wirestock and train your own, oh. fine tune your own mini generator, your own, we call them themes. So you can create your own theme. This is like the content version of GPTs on, right, right. on ChatGPT OpenAI. So, and then, and then you can create that. So like, if you say, if you uh, are into like food photography or like, uh, you know, like sports photography or AI art, you could create basically a collection of images that share a very common aesthetic or kind of a vision uh, and look and feel. And then you can train uh, a fine tune your own theme AI generator on Wirestock and either use it privately to generate more content in that uh, in that style or, or it. publish it for others to use. And then every time your your generator is used to create new content, you get paid. Oh wow. So we saw we saw a new technology that enabled something that fit into our vision of right. helping artists to make money. So we it was immediate like an immediate no-brainer for us to quickly build that. And we now have more than 2000 themes, uh, like personal AI generators published mm -hmm. on Wirestock. You can search, we have all sorts of things and use them to generate content. Uh, and now we're working on a, a more curated version of that. So we're like featuring new ones every day. You go in and you see this is some incredible stuff there. I, I pers I'm personally addicted to yeah. them. That that's really fascinating because so that's kind of the the yeah. whole story. So I'll, yeah, now we can get to more specific questions. So I I have a lot of questions about the themes because this is sort of like a pain point in my life right now working with some of these systems. Like it, it's both as simple as giving it a prompt and getting an output, but to really get what you want, like there are all these different ways of you know t instructing it on the specifics of the background or keeping the character and the images consistent and stuff. And there's a bit of like a learning curve to, to get to it. So I want to dive into some of that. But before then, let's give people an idea of when we say AI can generate images at this point, I'm sure everybody has seen an image, but let's talk about what it can do and what it's been able to do over these last now like 18-ish months. Shortly after we spoke last time, these uh, models were released and they were still kind of, they were impressive because we kind of hadn't seen anything like that before. There were AI generated like deep fakes and images, uh, like even in 2016, 2017, but this seemed like on a different scale, but faces were kind of blurred. They had six fingers, like it was just kind of weird. And then a year out from there, like maybe six, seven, eight months ago, they started to get really, really good. Um, things became much more photorealistic, uh, some much more beautiful detailing in the images and stuff. And then even then, just in the last like two months, it seems to have taken an even another level up with Midjourney 6 and Dolly was released towards the end of 2023, Dolly 3. Um, tell us what AI image generators can do today. Uh, yeah. Past just the general idea of, well, they generate images. What can and what can't they do? That's a good question. So, and I'll maybe um, broaden it a little bit more. Sure and include AI video generators too, because that's, that too. that's, you know, that's coming, coming definitely yeah. next and it's already here. So, um, so you can generate, you can create, um, essentially almost any type of, uh, any type of image in any style you want with the existing kind of like, uh, widely available tools and models, whether it's like, um, so including, a 
very wide um, range of categories and genres and, and styles, right? Anywhere, anything, anything from like anime, digital art, line art, like like graphic art to um, fine art photography, like something that resembles fine art photography, um, super realistic, indistinguishable from um, real uh, photos. Uh, we, we personally uh, very often have a hard time, you know, kind of t telling the difference and um, detecting, um, which is part of our job, but it, it's becoming increasingly difficult. Um, so anything can be created like that. There are, uh, there's a caveat that like certain objects and certain perhaps angles of certain objects uh, or objects shot in certain angles or certain parts of certain objects or, or, you know, human anatomy or body is still, um, generally, um, generated with some deformities, like the famous issue with fingers. And, uh, I think it's still pretty difficult, you know, to, uh, like, it's doing a really good job to, um, like uh, generate an image of person, you know, kind of facing the camera. Mm -hmm. But if you like, it's a slightly different angle, then it's not so good. Um, there is some issues with having, yeah, generating images with multiple people, like groups yeah. of people. Um, there is some challenges there, you know, all sorts of sort of like minor are, are like some detailed things that are not so inherently not so good yet. Um, but, um, you know, the, the rate of improvement is absolutely fascinating. And so, and then the, what's kind of, so there is going to be a whole development and uh, a process of refining these capabilities with the image generators mm -hmm. in the next one or two years till it reaches like an almost perfect, perfect level where, you know, if you want something that you know, you want, you can create it. You know, the process of the, what the creative process is going to be is still a question. And we think we have a role to play in that. But um, what's another sort of separate or partly separate development is with the video generators. You know, with, uh, what's happening is, is also another, it's kind of, it kind of like uh, very like clearly uh, is reminiscent of what was happening with the image generators. Yeah. Like first it was very like, Nascent. yeah, very like uh, clunky and uh, kind of uh, odd looking stuff, but very quickly it's becoming more, you know, higher fidelity, more defined, uh, easy, easier to use, you mm -hmm. know, ability to now recently it came out that, you know, when you have a, an image, it used to be you could only animate one of the objects mm -hmm. or people in them. Now you can sort of independently almost animate multiple um, objects or mm -hmm. characters simultaneously with different animation styles. Right. So certain things like that are happening. Um, and so that's super exciting. Yeah. I mean, you're already having like short films, mm -hmm. like commercials being created uh, with the stuff that's very, very appealing and commercially interesting. Yeah. There's been like a publicly released commercial that's been video ge uh, generated using AI, you mean? Well, there's the, the famous Coca-Cola commercial. I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it came out like, I think last year 
well, early last year, hmm. it's like this person walking into a museum and there's all this like fine art, mm -hmm. you know, paintings. And basically each painting gets animated and you sort of like the, the, the sort of camera takes you into each painting and yeah. there is a whole sh like a movie clip happening inside oh, cool. those paintings. Yeah. So they did that. I think Coca-Cola is probably the most uh, active brand, uh, like large brand that's experimenting with Gen AI. Mm -hmm. But what I am personally loving is just seeing um, there's a few like cool influencers or, or like creators on Twitter or X that you can follow. And they just constantly posting video clips that they're creating with Gen AI. It's freaking like fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. I've tried a few of the video generators, but haven't been able to, it, it kind of feels like when I tried using image generators in like summer of 2022, Yeah, one, it was hard to do. Uh, the output was not particularly impressive, but it was kind of cool. So you're right. I feel like it's like maybe a year out or something yeah, or maybe we, even quicker, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. Say what no, you're I, I think, I think just like, just like with regular photos, I mean, traditional photos and traditional video clips, it's much hard, harder to create an interesting sure. short, even like a short clip or video, um, than just taking one cool photo. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, just, just even artistic, creatively, uh, yeah. forgetting about the technology aspect. Yeah. So uh, we we see maybe at least in the next one or two years, like uh, more sophisticated users or artists yeah. using this stuff. Um, so then, when you factor in like just generating an image, the latency, like how long it takes to get that image back, and then you think about the fact that a short video is like thousands of frames of right. those images, generating it sequentially is no small feet um, yeah in terms of how these things are actually being used and will be used there's two areas i guess one is like commercial professional users so users of products like photoshop that now are canva that has these tools integrated into it and they're being used for not even full image generation but like swap my background out for this thing and stuff right um and then there's sort of like yeah. the personal users and the hobbyists yep. um which like I, I would like fall into that camp i like experimenting with it and trying to see like what i could come up with for this or that project how do you imagine the ecosystem of tools developing for stuff like this like for people for just like the everyday user who's posting something online um how do you think these things will get integrated into how they build the content that they post like will it be you know, you take an image that you want to share online and then you augment it with a tool like this. Um, will it replace parts of the image? Will it fully be generated, a mix of both? How do you think these things will like start getting yeah. used for everyday things? That's Not just like, question. hey, I built this thing with AI. Yeah, it's hard to kind of uh, predict those things and how they will um, kind of evolve the, the t tools and stuff. But I kind of see a pattern very similar to any um, sort of um, any disrupt, uh, disruptive technology. I think first when it's launched, it's used by like tech enthusiasts, early adopters, and early adopters just people who love new tech, really. And they just use it in all sorts of ways um, to kind of, you know, for, for fun, but to also impress their friends, etc. And then as it as it becomes more uh, kind of, um, as it gets better first, and as it gets uh, more popular, then you see uh, businesses start adopting them. 
and then um, and then uh, there's all sorts of business use cases around them, and we see both like companies trying to go like kind of horizontally, like targeting, like building use cases for multiple, like for different use business use cases, but also having companies focus on one. Like for example, like uh, a, a company tries to uh, build a, an um, AI tool that helps with product shots, mm -hmm. like product photography. Uh, you know, another company might try that with like game character design. Mm -hmm. So you, you see like vertical solutions and then horizontal, like with Midjourney. Yeah. So all sorts of use cases uh, and, and uh, products around that. Uh, it's hard to say how it will go, but uh, we we clearly see that, you know, with different foundation models and different tools, there's like pros and cons or certain strengths or weaknesses with different tools and different models. Uh, and I think that's how it's going to be mm -hmm. in the future. You know, certain models will be good at doing certain things and others. So it would be necessary to combine multiple into uh, having a more defined kind of product with clear use cases for, for certain business use cases that can be right. implemented. So, But it's, it's fundamentally entered the design process, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Every video game, maybe not every video game that gets start being developed today, but like in the near future, We'll have some sort of AI generated, augmented at least, like design. I do. So I personally do uh, interviews with our users, I've, you know, um, a lot, uh, and uh, I talk to just people who are actively using our uh, AI and non AI tools. And I would say that like a, a large percentage, a significant percentage of our, of our existing users who use our gen AI tools are professionals in the creative space, creative industry. So yeah. you, you see people who are freelance designers who work for uh, creative agencies, marketing agencies, um, or copywriters, you know, like all sorts of creative professions. Mm -hmm. And what's also interesting is so, and then pretty much what I keep hearing is if you're not, you like it's widely used in, in the creative process in those organizations already mm -hmm. even at like the ideation particularly level. in the ideation um yeah. you know brainstorming uh like uh, client sort of pre um pre pre-final pre production communication with clients mm -hmm. so you're working on a marketing campaign Prototype and you can pitch campaigns. ideas to your client with gen ai content yeah you don't need the final photo shoot Right. And when it's finalized, then you can decide to do a photo shoot or still go with Gen AI. Right, right. Right. And like we talked, I mean, this is, this has already entered like well, major um, creative agencies in Hollywood, um, gaming company, every, if you're not using it, you're just not, you're very much behind. You're a caveman you're, from the year 2020. Caveman, yeah. Like literally like not like orders of magnitude, uh, less efficient mm -hmm. than your peers in mm -hmm. other firms and stuff. So yeah. it's absolutely, uh, it, it's a huge boost for productivity. 
um, and it's it's silly not to use it. It also opens up that world to people who weren't users of like complicated and sophisticated software systems like Photoshop, right? Right. Like Photoshop has been on my list of things to learn for like yeah. 15 years now, <laughs> but the learning curve is just so steep and the yeah. like barrier to entry is so high that it just hasn't happened. Right. But now it's almost like just using natural language. I get what I would have gotten. Not exactly, but like, right. Know, but I get as far away as I want sure. to by just using a generator, right? So it opens up a whole world of people who were never going to get into that space right. to it because the tool is so easily accessible. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, if they just move it off Discord, it will be even more accessible. But, <laughs> yeah. but that's why platforms like yours exist. Um, sure. I'm curious, how much of your content now that you see on your platform is... AI generated. Do you have a number to share? Uh, yeah, it's uh, almost like half of it already. Well, 50, yeah. 50. Yeah. Half of it is. Uh, it's got a lower uh, percentage of quality. I mean, the, 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 we get uh, a lower percentage of quality versus uh, uh, quality images or, or content compared to traditional content. So, mm. which is kind of uh, something we we expected because, like you were saying, like more people are you. It's it's kind of it's kind of good because now you, more people can use it and create more people can create content almost seamlessly and really easily. But then it, no it creates yeah it creates a kind of a, it results in bunch of like non very not very interesting mm -hmm. content. Uh, or content with some quality issues mm -hmm. uh, that are not very easily noticeable for a regular, just non, for a person with no art background or sure. photography. Background. And and similarly, what we're seeing is people who have certain creative background, like in photography or or film or art, you know, are so much more impressive with mm -hmm. these tools. Right, right. Like the stuff we're seeing, uh, I, I'm not saying it's only them, but I would say there's like a higher, a much, much higher proportion of great stuff coming out mm. from those individuals. And just it's super impressive. Their eye is stronger for that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it, for them, it's just a new tool in their tool set. Uh, and, but the, the whole, like the creative, the creative process for anyone is not just about the creation itself or the, the, like taking a photo say or drawing something like there's a whole idea of having like a creative vision imagining something that's interesting that mm -hmm. could be visually interesting and then uh and then bringing it to life mm -hmm. like so the that whole process that uh, precedes the the creation itself is much more profound and is is where those people with creative backgrounds kind of excel and right, right, uh, right. can create some super imp impressive stuff. Yeah, yeah. You you can really see that in the if you go digging into like the where where these sort of online communities have formed around these people, you see the like it, it's all created using the same tool, but there's a subset of people in those communities that are. You just you don't even know how they did this. Like you have yeah. the same tool, it's the same English language you're using to communicate with the thing, but it just turns out so much better. Yeah, you can. Um, what you I suggest you do to see sort of the the latest in, in the creative 
in the AI creative world is we we, ho we host, we run creative challenges on Wirestock daily. That's right, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so the type of stuff that comes out of that uh, is so incredibly impressive. Mm -hmm. Like we, we just did a black and white photography, AI photo photography challenge, and I was, I was checking out the winners. It's so incredible. Yeah. It, it's just so interesting and so well-defined. Um, like I was just totally blown away. And then I just kept checking those out and, and it's getting better and better mm -hmm. and more interesting. So yeah, that's an interesting way to see what's new in, in the creative space. Um, you guys do that every day? Yeah, we do it a few times a week uh every day so yeah and it's centered around like some theme that you guys want to get more of those types of images into the pipeline i guess yeah so we um yeah so we do generally there the the process of picking a a topic for those challenges is by seeing uh like a gap in the market where you know like certain people are looking for certain type of images and not finding them and we kind of leverage uh, and uh, source content for, through mm -hmm. those challenges and right. let people earn money through that. So let's talk about themes. Uh, yeah, your yeah. product. Tell me how uh, you make a theme. What goes into the like the system prompt and things that you you set up to get the theme? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So we see themes as m personal mini generators that represent a certain aesthetic or a certain style. Uh, or maybe a character uh, with its style that are created by a person uh, who's behind the theme. The process of creating one is super easy. Um, so again, we use uh, uh, so the way the way it's done is you essentially a person uploads or imports from ten to hundred images, depending on how specific they want it to be, to Wirestock literally within a few seconds and then and then um and then sort of asks our system to fine-tune a model to fine-tune a theme based on those images 10 to 100 images of what you wanted to generate like a person for example what you wanted to resemble or represent right hmm. so say you know like any I, I guess any photographer has their own style oh, okay Right, and then let's say if they, they do a photo shoot of say like I don't know um, New York City, so what would be in the in that shoot? Let's say if we take twenty photos, it would be the architectural style of New York buildings. It would be the streets. It would be the crowd. What people are wearing, and then it would also include the person's sort of stylistic input, mm -hmm. like color grading and um, you know lighting and how they see that particular uh, area or, or the city itself. And then, um, and then when, 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 when a theme is created, the AI behind it learns from those photos. So when you, so once it's created, instead of writing a whole prompt describing of what it is, like a New York building with certain type of lighting, with people wearing this, mm -hmm. the time of the year, right? Right. Maybe this photo shoot was taken like in winter, in winter. and it was snowing, whatever. So the, the theme already knows all of that information and is trained on that. So when you just write just building, 
And those right? are, it will know. create a New York City building when it's snowing, if it, if, if, if the images uh, featured snow, people, how people, you know, the style that people wear in New York and on the time, right? Or if you say a person, it will immediately, like I personally, for, for my fun, I created, I love the taxi driver movie. Mm -hmm. So I created a taxi driver theme. I didn't publish it because I can't, you know, obviously because of copyrights, but I created it for myself just to play around with it. And now if I generate content, it creates um, images in that style, hmm. in that artistic uh, representation. And so then, um, so this is super powerful way. So it's kind of like essentially any creative person, visual artist can um, create a tool that allows others, including their fans, to mm. create stuff within their artistic style, within their vision. Right. It's, it's incredibly powerful and nothing like we've seen before. So it's it's kind of similar, um, like technically and process-wise, it's very similar to creating GPTs mm -hmm. for, uh, for, for people who are into uh, chat GPT. Yeah. It's like, you know, you wanna create like an assistant, like an accountant assistant you feed it with accounting stuff and sure. how your accounting you want your accounting to be done right in this case you feed it with a specific style with a specific character um kind of theme right so you, it can do character consistency too like i can give it 10 images of myself and it'll generate me and the images yeah it, it it is doing an uh, a pretty good job of that now but not perfect. So yeah. we, we, I, we, our themes are not currently uh, are not built for like having uh, doing a uh, doing a perfect like character Throughout. consistency uh, flow where you create a character and then it's the same character in every mm -hmm. uh, image that is generated. But you could say if if um, if I am training my theme with um, say like um lots of people that are blonde and have long hair if you type let's say a girl walking on the street it's going to create a blonde person with long hair walking down the street hmm. because it's trained with that it's not going to be the same person and face um but it's going to be very similar okay so um, so so what it does, sorry to interrupt, what it does is it creates a whole different, like what you were saying earlier, a whole different process for creating, for the, the whole different creative process, right? So instead of going in there and coming up with crazy, detailed, sophisticated prompts, you your process for creation starts like starts and goes on visually and you so you go in and you let's say you want to create like before like let's say um you want to create like a wedding photo right so you, you are a marketing agency and you want to promote or you're like a wedding agency and you want to promote like weddings so you would go in there and you type wedding hmm. uh right and then it would give you 30 different wedding themes mm -hmm. that you could pick from the, those include like you know ethnicities of people in those themes it would include like the the color grading the style 
um, that if it's like is it within like it's an outside building or inside outdoors indoors. Uh, what are people doing? Are they celebrating, throwing flowers, whatever, holding flowers? And then you could pick a thing that best matches your what you're looking for in your campaign or in your creative pro in your creative project. And then you go in there and you just write, let's say you want a, an, an image or a photo of a bride and you just write bride. Mm -hmm. It already knows, let's say it's a, like a Spanish wedding theme, right? So it will create a Spanish looking person somewhere in Malaga, right? Um, with a Spanish-like landscapes, maybe close to the beach, uh, with like a Catholic Spanish church behind it, right? And so it will create that. Yeah. If you want like New York wedding, your Yerevan Armenia wedding, very different, obviously. Yeah. It'll create in that style. Yeah. So very short prompts, and the, the discovery and the creative search happens visually. Mm -hmm. What about like, uh, can I tell it, for example, like um, with Mid Journey, there's all these specific prompts that get it to, I don't know, like taken by an iPhone. Uh, right. Or like, um, there's some so other that's a ones theme. too. Right, that's a theme. So can you insert those uh, as like a system prompt in the way you do with GPT that like every time it just does that? Or is it done strictly from the photos that you give it as a seed? So you could, it could be done in, with the seed, but it could also be done in a couple of other ways. So for example, let's take that Spanish wedding uh, concept, right? A example. So say you want to take, you want to create a an iPhone type of aesthetic visual of a Spanish wedding, right? Mm -hmm. One way of doing it is to find a theme just about weddings and then write the prompt, right. iPhone photo of a Spanish wedding, and then it takes the wedding concept and just adds those two. Yeah. But maybe with Wirestock's theme library becoming bigger, there is going to be a Spanish wedding theme soon. So you could find that and you just write an iPhone photo. Right of a wedding so and like it already knows it's spanish you. and everything right, so it right. just adds that iphone aesthetic right. if it knows if the if the foundation model knows about it right and then or perhaps you start with the aesthetic theme so you search iphone photo theme and you find like i i i actually created a theme personal theme i didn't publish it but i created a theme of iphone my iphone photos travel photos and when I generate anything with that, it, it, it's got that iPhone look. look. Yeah, yeah, it's different, right? So um, so you could do that. And so if there is a theme, like I, I noticed two days ago, someone published a Polar, Polaroid style theme. So it you write like anything in it, it, it creates with the Polaroid kind of specific mm -hmm. style. So if there is an iPhone, so instead you could go and do like an iPhone theme and choose that and then write Spanish wedding, and then it will create that. Yeah. So so it, it's the idea is shorter prompts, visual discovery, and just in general discovery. Mm -hmm. which is, I love this stuff. You know, I go yeah. in there, I find new styles every day. Yeah. Can you mix themes to like, you, you it's kind of- Not yet. Half, it's, it's kind of doing half the work for you. Like you, you still put iPhone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We could, we do, uh, we, we've seen people, We you can mix, a theme with a style. So there we have some generic styles like mm. anime, photographic. Right, right. 
you could sketch. yeah sketch like very generic you could mix that on wirestock yeah. now but not uh, combine themes like yesterday i was talking to one of our creators it was so interesting uh he was a he's a developer programmer and uh he said i you know he, he joined wirestock because of themes and he was telling me how when he learned about the themes the first thing he wanted to do is create a theme that's based on his hand drawn like almost doodle like right. images so he just took like uh he said he took a pencil like and just drew a bunch of doodle like person like a snowman christmas tree dog running mm -hmm. you know like a bottle and then he then took photos of those hand drawings and uploaded to wirestock created a theme it's, it's literally like 20 seconds to create mm -hmm. something like that and then so now he had a theme based on his hand drawings and then what he did um so he, and, and then the the results of that of those the, the image generators results were very like hand drawings but slightly more like refined mm -hmm. than what he was creating so then he created a second layer like then he created a second theme that was trained on oh, the, the images that were generated right. with the first one right. so now he has like a second theme that's more refined and closer to like a professional yeah and then he was <laughs> and then he wrote like a medium article about yeah. it uh, it was so interesting yeah. so so we have we don't know the ways that yeah. people are going to use this thing but that's the thing like when uh when chat gpt came out and then when its subsequent api came out people started like almost mockingly calling this whole project like prompt engineering but it really is engineering like right the the way you speak to this thing <laughs> this model, yeah. this AI, like there are people who are so good at it that they get results that like are just blow your mind um yeah and my dream product in this space and it seems like you guys are like heading that way is like go to the top like subreddits for like mid journey and stability and mm -hmm. the other one and the other one and like see the best things that people have made and they're quite open about how they make it mm -hmm. right they're like first i did this then i did this prompt and then i put two dashes here and yeah. then i got this thing like put all of those in the buttons for me <laughs> Like, yeah. uh, like for the for the layperson, the person who hasn't mastered the prompt engineering of uh, stability and these other ones, like just let me speak to it like a dumb human mm -hmm. and get what that guy got. Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's, that's probably like the trend. Like that's where we're. Yeah. We're we, headed. We have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have almost uh, kind of organically, naturally yeah. um lean into that direction yeah. with the product and one thing that we do is it's super easy uh one thing that the, the feedback the common feedback we get from our creators is that the the the, the process is really easy with wirestock yeah. we we don't we really don't like uh we don't so our entire journey from when we started it's, it's kind of a, kind of funny and accidental like that our i remember that maybe the 10th or 15th user that signed up on wirestock um he well this is back when we were just doing photos right he uploaded at, at the time we required person like we required our users to write descriptions right and keywords so but we would 
we would distribute images to multiple marketplaces and we thought it was really easy and super cool. So this guy joined, he uploaded images and then I, I checked his account and the images were not submitted. They were not posted or like distributed to those marketplaces because he didn't write the descriptions mm -hmm. and the keywords. And I DM'd him, thanks for using Wirestock. Why are you not selling your images? He's like, well, it's easy, but I hate writing descriptions and keywords for anything. Um, so I was like, at the time we, we, it was clear for us that that's another step that has to be eliminated. Yeah. So we didn't like texts. We never liked forcing people to write texts, mm -hmm. uh, textual content in any part of Wirestock, right? Even for things like description, where you think that's something that should be provided by the creator. Right, so so now we're taking the same approach. With prompts, uh, we don't think a creative person should know uh, that you need to write dash dash yeah. to create something yeah. within a certain style you want. Yeah. We think the process should be completely visual. That's super exciting. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is it is this like a membership uh, based, like a subscription based thing? I pay monthly to use. Yeah, the... and we, and that uh, yeah, and so and then we're using the the earnings from those subscription uh, plan um, to subscription plans to pay out uh, artists whose themes were used. Hmm. Okay. So there's a pool, like a creator fund and based on how popular your themes are, sure. uh, you're hmm. getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Super interesting. And is there a, is there model selection with, uh, with themes or is it all uh, stability? Yeah, it's all, yeah, no, there's no model selection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, out of curiosity, like, I think we had a conversation about this at some point. Uh, does copyright come into this at all or is it not a concern? Like if I use, so like the taxi one is an easy example. Like that's clear IP of the studio that made the movie and whatever. Mm -hmm. But like if I do, you know, if I give it 10, 100 images of, Saryan paintings yeah and they use that to generate Saryan style artwork do i have uh, do i need to worry about making that theme public yeah we would probably not it's kind of a good problem for our company to tackle is because it's in terms of our internal processes you know nothing has changed like we still you know with with, with deciding what kind of content can be publicly available uh, we still take the same approach. Mm. So if anyone is infringing on anybody else's copyrights, like if you're using somebody's photos uh, to train your theme and then you want to monetize it, we're not going to allow it. But so for it, private use, it's okay. For now, yeah, we, we let it happen privately, um, but we might add restrictions to that as well. Yeah. Um, but um, definitely we're not given any licenses for any of that. Mm -hmm. uh, any of anything created with that. If, you, if you're uploading your own photos and you're training a theme with your photos, That's fair game. You know, we're going to let you monetize it. And we think it's a, a very powerful way for artists to, a new channel for artists to monetize and a very, very easy mm -hmm. uh, way to do it. Yeah. So the, the, that's really interesting that then that it becomes a, an artist or like a photographer's or an artist's monetization tool because we think it's actually a solution to the yeah, that's problem. what i was going to say right yeah because yeah. yeah. like one of the pro actually 
I mean, we, we've talked to a lot of artists, yeah. right? Since we started at first, we were also very like cautious, uh, with AI when it first started, because we were very, very strict with copyright infringements yeah. since, since the very beginning, right. Yeah. To a point where we were like maybe over cautious. Right. Yeah. But the, the one common pushback from artists that we talked to about using AI was we hate that this is like quoting them. They hate um, when their style is like explicitly used to create mm. content. When you say like, I want a photo, you know, in like Martin Scorsese cinematographic style or certain movie like Pulp Fiction style, right? So that way you're like clearly using somebody's style and the tool is kind of allowing that to happen. So this yeah. creates a actually an appropriate correct way of doing that when the artist himself or themselves does it openly and then not only allows not only makes it possible for others to do but also can promote it mm -hmm. having the follower base that they have like imagine an artist creating their theme and being like hey you know you could create stuff with my content now uh and you know have fun with it or you know, yeah. and I, and there's a like monetization piece. There's a fair compensation piece. Yeah. And obviously it's not, uh, it's not, uh, we're learning how to do it, um, most efficiently and, uh, you know, correctly from different, different, uh, looking at it from different perspectives, like legal, technical, mm -hmm. creative, and I, we're far from having like a final business model around it, yeah. you know, for sure is trying to figure it's, it out. it's yeah. something that we're figuring out, but at least with this, we have found a way for artists to get compensated. Yeah. Which is for their creative input. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of interesting though. Like, like what's a famous, uh, like artists, including photographers, when they put their work out in the public domain, they influence the way we create things. Right. So, if it wasn't an AI generated, this is getting a little too philosophical probably, but like if it wasn't an AI generated thing, if I just went and photographed in the way that some other famous photographer, photographer photographs, because I was influenced by their style, that'd be totally fair game, right? Right. So it's, well, if you, if you, uh, well, actually, uh, there is uh, it would be considered copyright infringement if you copied somebody's style and tried to really? license it. If you, if you completely, if you create something that mimics somebody's uh, photographic style and then the, you license license it as someone pays you i don't know two hundred thousand dollars for that photo and it's clearly a copy copy of somebody else's photographic style you actually might uh, be infringing on somebody's copyrights really yeah how well, do you distinguish I've, styles there's ways yeah there are ways to determine that. So like there's a specific style actually of shooting. A million dollar lawsuits wow. on that. Yeah. Like there's a specific way of shooting the Empire State Building that <sighs> belongs to, to that person? Actually editing more. Wow. The lighting and the uh, color grading, etc. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. 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 There are literally like million dollar lawsuits on this. Wow. Okay. So, but with this, if a person is they can letting other people, it, yeah, yeah, then it's fair game. Right. Yeah. So we're now in early 2024. That's going to be a hard question. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I already know. I, I remember exactly five years ago in like January 2019. Uh, this was like 
a year before the start of the election season in America. There's a video that came out, a, a deep fake video of Obama with just his mouth moving. Uh, and people were just absolutely blown away by this. Now it seemed like so primitive and like yeah. stupid. Um, but his his mouth was moving, and I think there was even something with his with his voice that they had sort of copied his voice. Um, and he was saying something that clearly he hadn't said. And people were like, this is like just opening the floodgates to God knows what and this and that. Today, those tools are being viewed. I mean, there's still a lot of concern around like um, how this thing, how these tools will be used. And it's an inevitability, I think, that like more and more content that is presented to be real will emerge online. Just in terms of like how much progress we made in five years, we went from something that was, oh my God, this thing can happen, but it's still so fake to five years from now, five five years later, it's it like real? insanely realistic, yeah. uh, the output of it. Five years from today, what do you, what do you see the step function being? Yeah, we, th we thought about it, reflected and thought about all these changes so much. And um, well, I think, I think it's going to be maybe five, it's hard to say like five years so from now, fast, but maybe yeah. three years from now, I think the tools are going to be so great that, you know, it will essentially allow anyone creating anyone, anything that they could create uh, in real life that, well, actually that has ever been created in real life, right? So any, any type of content that's ever been created, you could uh, recreate it mm -hmm. using AI tools. I don't know how difficult it will be. I, I'm assuming it will have some, it will require some, some knowledge or skills, but it will be possible. However, be, sorry, go ahead. I think there is, a, there is still going to be a need for human input to, to enrich the AI. Yeah. So I think like there's still going to be a need for people to kind of create something new and retrain the AI in a way. Sure. So, uh, and it's, I don't see it ever like maybe going away anytime soon, yeah, honestly. Of course, yeah. um, so that's, that's what actually is super exciting for me. And I think going three years from now, I think, uh, or five years, like I'm excited to see like partly or fully AI created movies. I was just going to ask that. Commercials. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, think we'll see a feature length film generated by AI in five years? Yeah. Feature length. Yeah, I think uh, five years from now, definitely. Yeah, I think maybe next year we'll have we'll have like film festivals, maybe mm. short film, a short film. Yeah. yeah, maybe not feature, but short film festivals that either have all AI or a significant proportion of AI in it. Yeah, and we actually want to be part of it with Wirestock, like part of the the. Anything that has to do with distribution, licensing, and um, monetization of AI or AI AI um, companying skills, mm -hmm. we want to be part of that uh, change. So, distribution even past like just uh, individual creator looking to sell on marketplaces. You mean? Yeah. So, so we do a. We don't know what exactly we're going to be doing like three years from now. Obviously. But we're seeing that uh, a new, completely new medium is being created uh, with a completely new sets of tools and uh, with a completely new set of tools. And uh, we see um, a, a clear need um, of, for, a, for a new marketplace where you could 
a marketplace or distribution um, channel where you know you could access other people's creations, co-create. What do you so, mean by co-create? You said it a couple times. Yeah, so like, um, so say um, you could, you know, someone could create an image that you like, or say someone is a. There's two approaches. There's co-creation with traditional content, and there's co-creation with AI content. So let's say, like in both examples, someone can is a very good visual artist or a graphic designer or a character designer. They create an um, image and you know upload it on Wirestock, say, and then you could take that image and animate it, um, you know, uh, with an image to video. Uh, tool and then you could have someone else add like a like music to it mm. and then you know and then you could have someone write the script for something like that then or direct the whole thing yeah and it could be done online you know with maybe a group of people that are co-creating you know and there is like a final creation that's featuring many yeah. people's inputs and there is a compensation element to it. Um, so that's kind of where we don't know how exactly that is gonna play out, but we're already seeing people do early steps, variations yeah. of that, uh, early steps of that. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah. This is such, such a fascinating world. Um, yeah. And there's so many, Absolutely. Like, so many layers that are sort of being developed in parallel. Like, on the voice side, now there's pretty good, like you read these few lines and then it'll mimic your voice when generating it. Um, on the tech side, like the creativity of AI is getting better and better. Now you have image and video generators. Like you have within like one interface, um, the three channels you need to create like full commercials, like right. you're saying or something. Yeah, all of it. So the world's about to get weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it's creating like, like with, like with images, um you've already seen that you know people are creating visuals and concepts that never existed yeah right like i uh, you know like there's a creator who does say like um hamburger like pizza style clothes yeah like these are like like a like a a bag that's a pizza right something like weird like that mm -hmm that we had never seen yeah like it just never existed because now you have this tool it's, it makes it so easy for artists to experiment with yeah. visual concepts that you start seeing things that never yeah. existed and it it's going to apply to to movies as well yeah. uh, you know not just visual artists like i, I watched this there's like this like hour plus video on youtube of this writer who's doing world creation, which is like, for those who don't know, like in literature, if you're like, for example, Lord of the Rings, Tolkien built a world, right? Right. Like where the hobbits lived. Right. And everything. Like he was just like constantly prompting and like ideating on different things and coming up with, or like, uh, that, like as the phrase goes, like co-piloting mm -hmm. a whole new world for his stories. Right? Yeah. And all that then exactly. goes into literature. And it just, it's such an, it's such a great extension of your imagination. It's uh, incredible. It's like, yeah. so say you have like, say you have Pulp Fiction, right? So you could take any character in a Pulp Fiction movie and create a character like sequel or prequel, you know, with, with AI video yeah. tools getting better and then push it out to the public and see if there is interest. Yeah. 
and if they like it, it, it makes it so in- easy to like create pilots of shows and, and films yeah. and, and things. And then it, like kind of experiment, like A-B test films and commercials. Mm-hmm. And if people like are, you know, kind of uh, gravitating towards a certain character, prequel, sequel, or commercial of no. certain brand in a certain way, then you could, you know, invest more resources and yeah. have more people contributing to it. And then yeah. you could have a whole movie or a book or a commercial out sure. of it. Yeah. So that's that's the true exciting thing, yeah. you know, about it. So Yeah, it unlocks huge, huge, like, imaginative potential. Uh, and uh, that's super, super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> In a couple of years, we'll come back and we'll see where we are with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be a completely different For sure, yeah. situation. For sure. uh, so. yeah. Mikhail, thank you so much. We'll Thanks, do it again. Mr. Thank it's you, always brother. a pleasure. Likewise.